Welcome to Women's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we're joined by Solvay Society to chat beautiful Belgian beers. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. All right, um... So today we have the lovely Polly, who is from Solvay Society. Hello, how are you? Hi everyone, I'm good. How's how are you guys? Yeah, yeah good. It's been it's been a day, but yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's 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 beer o'clock. Before we actually get into things, because it's beer o'clock now, <laughs> I've just had it. Um, I'm gonna crack open this beer. It's the uh, the the wit the wit beer session IPA. Yeah, um, from from you guys. <laughs> so i'm gonna crack that open um normally i go more hardcore people that listen know that we normally go more yeah. hardcore than this we're sticking to one bit i've got to do a drive tonight so it's a bit just, uh, today not happening but i am needing a drink so going for it what do you have Ooh. um so i uh, i've decided to uh drink something a bit more special Ooh. um for the occasion i got back from belgium two weeks ago Obviously, with the luggage full of beer. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm drinking a uh, gin sour ale. Ooh. Um, so it's from a brewery. It's a very small brewery. I mean, no one because you guys can see it. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> if you're uh, watching the video, you, you'll yeah. be able to see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a brewery called uh, Dochter van de Korenaar. Um, which is based in uh, Barle Hertog, which is like province of Antwerp, like okay. north, oh, amazing. central, east-ish. Um, and uh, it's called Bien Sûr, which means of course in French. Um, so it's a spiced sour ale aged in gin barrels with, uh, a, this, the label says, cranberry boost, your Ooh. next healthy addiction. Wow. That sounds amazing. And yeah. I feel like for future uses, we just need to get you on to yes. pronounce all these things because like <laughs> I feel like Joe and I butcher them. We really try. And We're I'm like, I, well, there'll English be times people. that I'll go, I can't say this. So I'm <laughs> not gonna yeah. try to say it because I don't want to offend people. We're horrid, <laughs> horrid English and American people. Just like next me, and I'll just send you yeah, like, voice yeah, yeah, send me a voice note. <laughs> but how do I say tell me how to say this? I don't want to butcher it but I know exactly what you mean when I go back to see my family in the US I just literally load up suitcases and I think I almost have more weight attributed to beer than I do like clothes like anything else it's and my husband hates it because I'm like sorry we have to we have to like have bag space for beer so yeah. that's I the same when I go to the UK especially now that I work for a brewery my family's always like uh, well, when I go to Belgium, um, my family's like constantly asking me about the beers and everything. So I, I've last time I went, like, had been a year and a half, so without going. So yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, and I, uh, I was meant to go last Christmas. I was as well. I had already bought the beers that I was going to bring for Christmas, and then I didn't make it. So I had all the Christmas beers, and then I got some other beers. I can relate so hard because yeah. <laughs> my my sister kept buying all these beers that were being released 
and like there was um i don't know if you saw it It was like some people posted on social media it's like a candy called sour patch kids and they made a sour patch kids beer my sister got me a set of four of those and it's like one of each of the colors um of that and she kept it aside and then we kept seeing more releases happening uh like stouts coming out and stuff like that and i was like i really really want that and she's like i'll go buy it now there's pumpkin spice beers coming out so she's been buying those she got me a pumpkin spice and cannoli flavored beer and i was like so she's been buying them and putting them aside when i get there for this christmas i was meant to go last christmas as well when i go there this time it's there's going to be so much waiting for me (laughs) pumpkin spice and cannoli sounds very new jersey (laughs) (laughs) yeah it really does doesn't it It (laughs) but yeah cheers for coming on i'm gonna have a sip of this um do you want to tell people sort of who you are, what you do at Solvay and who Solvay are for anybody that doesn't know who Solvay Society is? Um, yeah, sure. So um, I'm Polly. I'm, um, I'm from Belgium. I'm from the southwest. So the, um, the French speaking side of Belgium. Uh, I'd say uh, the closest breweries to where I'm from are uh, Dupont. And uh, I grew up really close to Chimay. Nice. Uh, for reference. Um, then yeah, I came to the UK about a little less than four years ago now, nearly four years. Um, and I've been at a survey since January 2020. Uh, so I'm the sales and taproom manager, uh, which means I'm just really busy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. You probably were preparing our orders as we were like, yeah. <laughs> we've got, you were probably like, I was, yeah, I was invoicing <laughs> until like 7.27, like that I was, well, <laughs> yeah. We're really busy at the moment, which is good. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, why do you all have to order at the same time? <laughs> Ap- apologies. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you were probably dealing with tap room stuff. And then I was like, I need to get an order in. I need to get an order in. Yeah. And the tap room is like, it is another thing because, um, like, I've got my own, we've got our own beers now. Um, and then we like kind of like to have guest beers as well. And like, I have to like keep on top of uh, what am I going to get from Belgium and when? And like, yeah, it's good though. Um, Pretty cool. It's uh, never a dull day. So yeah. Should be the, should be the slogan of the company. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that, are you, have you found that more difficult getting the Belgian beers over since, you know, old Brexit um, and all that fun stuff? Uh, it's hard to get special stuff okay so the mainstream stuff is not that hard to find it's a little more expensive but i i feel like being from belgium and running a belgian brewery and tap room i don't want to have just the mainstream stuff in in the bar and um so i like to get like beers that you wouldn't find anywhere else or that um people don't necessarily know uh so it's been a bit harder finding nicer nicer things um but generally it's it's okay because i work with two different distributors and um so i can sort of find um what i want here and then if they don't have it i'll try the other one and kind of swap uh and during the Euros, because we showed the football at the okay. Sapphire, uh, we had a lot of Belgians come and like constantly kept asking them, oh, what's the beer that you're missing that you want? 
um, and that wasn't too hard. Like some weren't too hard to find. Um, I'm struggling more with prices, I, like just keeping it affordable for for my customers because I want them to enjoy the beer and I don't want them to break their wallet every time they come. I don't want them to think that they need a mortgage to to buy Saison du Pont, like because yeah. I used to sell it for like two euro. Yeah. Um, yeah. So having it having to sell it here for six pounds is really painful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's got to be the yeah that's got to be the difficulty is um, when you when you know like how much you're used to getting it for being like for those people that also are aware they probably look at it and go like oh that's so expensive then you've like because not everybody might take into consideration like the import fees and like everything else that you've got to do to be able to offer that and make it profitable enough to actually continue to do that but yeah I imagine that's probably like yeah everything's been up up recently and uh like funny enough I recently the the beer fridge at the top room uh broke and um I took a picture of it and I posted it on my Facebook does anybody no, it's someone you fixed to the fridge. And then all my Belgian friends commented, <laughs> oh my God, seven pounds for Oval. <laughs> like, You're not helping me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they came in with the intent to just buy it all so yeah. you didn't have to worry about <laughs> fixing the fridge. No, it was like, like, re- like friends back home. And then when I went back home recently, mm. I went to visit a friend's shop. And... Uh, I looked at all the, the Cantillon bottles. Yeah. The the most expensive one was nine euro. <laughs> That's so cheap. That is so oh, cheap. Compared to what we, we pay <laughs> I just I just bought How a bottle for pay? seventeen quid and that was the cheap that was the, the cheapest one. It was seventeen quid. I think one was like yeah, the 20, like high twenties, and yeah, then there was yeah. a special blend. Like there was one that was a very special blended one that doesn't come out all the time, sort of thing. Um, and that was forty quid. And I just had quite an expensive night, but I really wanted. Like I was like, I've got the opportunity to get this now. Seventeen quid, I can get behind. I was like forty. I was like, I don't know. I don't, I know it's. It's. I'm not suggesting that it's not worth like quality worth money, but I was just like. like- it's cheaper to get a Eurostar to Belgium. You get to Brussels yeah. bus station, yeah. you walk 10 minutes, you're at the brewery, Just and you're fresh. there, and then you come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I'm really gutted because yeah. I, I, my parents came to visit from the US a few years ago now and wanted to go to, uh, we went to, we took them to Brussels, basically. We did do the Eurostar, we went to Brussels, but we only stayed there for like a weekend. And I, it, for some reason, it just never dawned on me to like look for breweries. I went to a few different like beer locations, but I yeah. just never thought, let me go to it. But it just never crossed my mind. Because I was with my parents. I never That's thought cool. like, oh, let me go find a brewery. And then now I'm kicking myself because I'm like, oh, so many places that I know about now that I maybe wouldn't have thought about a few years ago that I'm like, why didn't I go there? Why didn't I think just to even Google it? Time. You know, you know, it's there. Yeah, it's definitely something to do now that, that I know where it is and, and we're opening back up and that, that's all happy days. But um, yeah, I guess for anybody that doesn't know, like Sorvay Society in particular, like where are you guys located? You know, what kind of beer style? If, if it's not been made clear yet, what kind <laughs> of beer styles do you guys do? Uh, well, we brew um, Belgian beer, Belgian style. So we our idea is to brew modern Belgian beer and not just like the traditional stuff. 
um, and uh, we so we started in Ilford and very recently like last winter had a very successful crowdfunding and then got the opportunity to move to Leytonstone so our tap room was already in Leytonstone in an archway and we got the arch next door oh, so we cool. effectively have a brew pub now nice um, really brilliant it's really cool because um I, i'm like on if you come on the friday mark's usually dead brewing um oh. but like every now and then like I, I have to go get something like get ice or like some tools in the brewery and i, I just go like to every customer like hey you guys want to see the brewery and everyone's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the best everyone's bit. really excited um it was yeah it was a lot of work but um it, it's so much nicer because our new site is obviously bigger um and uh our new brewer is amazing and he's works really hard and really well so uh we've been able to come up with um a few new beers um since he started and uh bring back like some classics because we had uh, we hadn't been brewing in like months before uh due to lockdown and due to moving sites um but yeah, it's really exciting and like really nice to be like within the community of Leytonstone and not just have the tap room and then, then tell people that, oh yeah, actually we're like out in the sticks. Um, no, we're just there. Um, Probably so, makes yeah. it easier as well for like, I imagine transportation costs and like if you need to get something from the brewery, you now no longer yeah, have yeah. to go to a completely yeah. separate location. It's all just there. So it's got to be some element of ease to that as well. Yeah, and I remember that um, like last year we did a brew day and I I got involved and Roman, our founder, uh, was like, oh, I'll pick you up at 7 a.m. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> we have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, if we do a brew day, I can just rock up when I want. Nice. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> <to> my house. <laughs> <laughs> So if I if I read correctly, um, so obviously Roman is from Brussels. Yeah. And so he sort of obviously came over here. I don't know how long ago it was he came over here, but obviously he came over here and started brewing. Um, did you did you know him over over there? Did you know him what after you moved to London? Uh, I didn't know him at all until I got the job. So uh, Roman is, uh, yeah, he's from Brussels. He's, he's been in the UK for uh, at least 10 years. Um, and he's, uh, he came here to do a PhD in physics. So he's got a PhD in physics, which means like that shows where and, and how we got the name of Solvay Society. Um, and it's all science inspired, um, which I'll get to it in a bit. Uh, but no, I didn't know Roman. I just, um, I used to work in another bar in Hackney and I remember seeing um, I, actually in, in the bar I worked at before in Shoreditch, I remember having bottles of um, Speculative, which was a, a, a Speculos, uh, how do you call it, Biscoff, a barley wine that mm. he made. And I was like, oh, Solve, like that's so odd because I know Solve because it's from Brussels. Um, and then I saw a job offer like a year after that and just applied and I thought it'd be silly to not be working at a Belgian brewery. Yeah. On- <laughs> oh yeah, that would be, <laughs> I feel like it's a very perfect opportunity. <laughs> <for you. laughs> 
But a lot of people ask if, like, if I if I knew Roman before, or some people just assume that we're together, and then you're like, no, <laughs> your family or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I was more asking because I was like, well, I didn't know when you had said that you'd been here, you know, four years. I didn't know if it was a case of like you had sort of met him and then sort of come here for the opportunity of, of working here. If it was anything, I, it was definitely not like a all all Belgian people <laughs> must all know people from other. Brussels know yeah. everyone right? like, everyone uh, no, we, didn't, we didn't know each other uh, <laughs> I'm not even from Brussels so. no no <laughs> but yeah I don't want to be like yeah everyone everyone knows each other it's it, fine it's a small place and like we probably have friends in common without knowing <laughs> probably yeah. yeah it's it's it is a smaller world than you realize but yeah no that's it I was just asking strictly because yeah. I was like oh quite interesting yeah, cool. um but yeah so that's 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 quite cool that you were like drinking their beer already and and then just seeing yeah. that and you're like oh I know them <laughs> yeah, and then I needed a new job and then I, I saw it and um I applied and then it just yeah <laughs> started working and then like pandemic happened yeah of course yeah that was uh obviously I don't think anyone sort of saw <laughs> saw that one coming was it really difficult because obviously um you said you your sales and, and taproom manager um well I was in sales at the time so I, I started as a taproom manager so um it was uh like personally very stressful because like at that time I had just started a new job and I was trying to um like bring more people to the tap room and it was getting like slightly busier but um yeah then the pandemic happened and then I was like what do I do it's a brand new job of course I qualify for furlough but um like like still like going months and months without knowing when you're going to start working again and and all that um that wasn't ideal but we kind of saw we kind of like predicted that the lockdown was happening because I Belgium went in lockdown two weeks before England mm, right, and okay. um that I was I remember well, when the day that they were um that they actually went into lockdown in Belgium I was I was getting tattooed and <laughs> um and I, I texted Roman and I was like hey Belgium went into lockdown don't you think that is going to happen in England and he was like yeah and he was stuck in Canada at the time oh no, uh, oh, no. He was, uh, yeah, he, he went to visit his brother and um, had to come back uh, without doing any of the fun things that he planned to do. No. Uh, but we were like, yeah, we need something. Um, we need to uh, to get a web shop now uh, so that it's up and running for when people are going to start ordering to their house. But, yeah, we kind of had some hindsight because we have family in Belgium that were telling us like we're in lockdown now and then we just were like it is gonna happen um then yeah we we had the web shop set up uh really quickly and uh and it just went from there we were just packing orders once a week uh sometimes twice a week when i'm on really busy days uh until we were allowed to reopen that last july um it really, in a way, that was really odd because um, we were getting a lot of local orders. And then once we reopened, we had a lot of um, new local customers. And I, like, I gained so many new customers throughout like, like last year and last summer in between lockdowns. And then um, 
during the second lockdown as well, like the, the January lockdown, well, we were doing draft takeaways. I'd, I got people that were just like walk in and, and found out that we were there and got beer from us. And now they're like, they come to the tap room and like I call them by their first name. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it, it, in a way it was very stressful at the time, but um, we didn't stop. Like we didn't stop working hard. We didn't stop making an effort. We didn't stop being present and being within the community. And I think that played a big role. And if like, if we hadn't been so resilient as a business and as, as people as well, um, it, it would have been a lot different. Like, of course we had to uh, like, yeah, it, we weren't, as busy like it, it wasn't expected but I think we made the best of it and um yeah just kind of what you can do isn't it do, yeah. do you think that some of that like you saying you've obviously felt like all these new local people found guys do you think that also in a way lockdown might have kind of given people because no one could go anywhere people maybe became a bit more aware of what was around them because they were like well I can't go out and go to either the places I used to go to or travel or do anything like that so people kind of started to go I think I think on some level like with beer especially people started discovering more in in the scene than what was necessarily even local to them because like you said people had to react people had to I'm assuming you guys didn't necessarily have a web shop before and that's why you had to full-on set one up and I think a lot of businesses did, especially breweries, because you, you didn't necessarily rely on having to do that. And I wonder if lockdown maybe helped in the sense of, well, it didn't help people as a whole, helped in the sense of people that maybe wouldn't have known before took extra time because they couldn't go anywhere yeah. to research places and go, oh, that actually sounds really interesting. I'd be interested to go there as soon as I can. I think that that happened, obviously, um, they're like a huge mentality of um, stay local and look after your local businesses happened, which led people to, yeah, discover what was around them. Um, I had like a lot of people going on walks and being like, I didn't know you were there until I went on a walk during lockdown. <laughs> um, and that helped. And also people not being able to uh, travel and not willing to travel. Um are people that probably would have gone out somewhere else in London, but would have taken the tube, ended up here because uh, at our tap room or next door because they could just walk there. And uh, they realized that you didn't need to go all the way to Shoreditch to have a good night. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd be quite interested also to know, like, how did you first get into beer? Like, what was your journey into into beer as a whole? What, what was that like? Uh, well, I used to work as, uh, believe it or not, a HR consultant uh, throughout most of my 20s. Uh, then I was 26, I uh, moved back to my parents. And um, like uh, we had friends that um, work in breweries. So we were very good friends uh, in the family with uh, Abbey de Roc. And um, they're lovely lovely people and uh natalie so it's natalie and george and they don't speak this they, they speak okay english but they don't speak dutch and they were um going to events and they're like at some point they were telling me oh we don't know anyone um 
who speaks the three languages and I just thought I can do it if you tell me what to say because I don't know anything about beer if you yeah. teach me I'll just tell them and I ended up working on events with them oh wow and I ended up doing because I'm a photographer on the side I did some photography for them uh for the new website and um just worked with them like a few times um they have a tap room near the brewery and like they would call me like oh we've got a booking with like so many people who speak Flemish can you come down oh you know little things like that and I just learned about beer by just translating (laughs) what they were saying um but I didn't know much about beer before and uh but I just drank the beer and I wasn't really interested and then like just by learning how it's made and why and like tasting different beers uh yeah I just got into it um I worked for another brewery um in my hometown called La Banchoise uh and same thing uh I, yeah they taught me a lot more than than I thought I did I knew and got, I got to England um I didn't I didn't really think of working in beer when I got into England I, I came here to uh, be a photographer um and then I started working in beer again and I just thought hey hang on there's there's room for Belgian beer it's because uh, I didn't even know much about English beer yeah. so I had to learn about English beer when I got here yeah um because I just thought like before I went to England I just hated IPAs I, <laughs> I'm getting used to them yeah but I did not like IPAs and I d- a stout just sounded really strange to me. I was like, why do people want to drink that? It feels like soup. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I, I just got to work uh, in a place with a really nice team that like taught me a lot and then uh, just went on from there. That's so interesting. Like the, it's, it's also really interesting to hear the perspective of someone that maybe wasn't necessarily surrounded by like IPAs as yeah. as the beer option so it's just that's it's really interesting hearing that perspective of being like yeah I'd you know IPAs weren't my thing stouts like like what <laughs> it's just really I don't know okay, it's something really interesting about it <laughs> yeah um we don't really drink stout but then I remember uh 2018 summer 2018 I was part of an exhibition in Liverpool and my parents, my mom and my auntie and my grandparents flew over to see the exhibition. And then we went to some old man's pub in Liverpool and uh, my ex cut them all a pint of Guinness. And I was like, they're not going to like Guinness. Why did you get them that? (laughs) Like, why would you do this? Like, and everything that's reasonable. (laughs) And they all loved it, and I looked like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And they will never love that. And they were like, oh, this stuff, this is going to be big. (laughs) This is too far off from what we know. Could you just get them like a lager? Yeah. And um, no, they all loved it. And now every time I go back to Belgium, my granddad's like, can you bring some Guinness? And I'm like, no. (laughs) That's brilliant. And my head around being there, <laughs> getting my head around being there with all the beers that like are, are on offer over there. That people over here are like, oh my god, could you bring some back? Bring them back. They're like, can you can you bring us back some Guinness, please? <laughs> I bring them my stouts instead. Like I have done that, and yeah, I, yeah and then 
because uh, well, then we will have like a family gathering and I say, oh, I'll bring beers for before the food and then I'll bring dessert beers. Because yeah. dessert beer is also a thing that we don't know about. Yeah. I mean, there are some. We have like strong like brown ales, um, like, yeah, quadruples maybe. Uh, but in my family, we're more like, we, maybe we have dessert wine instead. Mm. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll bring dessert beers see how that goes and I just came with like some crazy kinds of stouts <laughs> and they all love it but um yeah stouts are new and I there's a lot of um like modern Belgian breweries that are starting starting to make stouts like I know the last and the last end mix one uh but like s- smaller more local breweries will now um be interested in stouts and what I like about it is that they'll use local ingredients to make them they might not import like they treat the water obviously you know yeah. what it does. but uh yeah they'll use they, they'll use local grains uh as much as possible and that's that's how you get the flavor to be different um so i find that really interesting and i'm i, I had a really nice uh belgian stout when I was over last time, uh, my friend was like, you need to try this stout. I'm like, mate, I've, I've had so many stouts in England. Like, this is not new. And he's like, no, try it. And it's from a brewery where, like in, in our area, where my brother used to work as a chef. And, uh, and they made the stout. And it's actually really lovely. And not doesn't taste like your classic stout. And there's no lactose. Um and yeah, it's, it's quite smoky and woody and Ooh. like a, a slight amount of coffee from the malts, but not too sounds much. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Literally, and, I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> yeah. And we have two bottles at the tap room because you kind of want to try and create a Belgian stout soon. Um, so That'd be really crossed, interesting. Fingers crossed. We are, we're on it. We're on it. Nice. It'll happen. Joe, we'll definitely be all over that for yeah. sure yeah. I, I i think that would be so interesting just like a belgian stout that's just i feel like that would be a really cool interesting thing to try for sure finger on the pulse there yeah it's uh it, it's more in the treatment of the like the yeast that we we use like we had a stout last year uh it was called 820 which we called tropical stout uh and it, it's bread stout so we uh, we oh, use bread. So we had dark malts uh, for like the, the coffee um, aromas, and then we had some bread and some um, oh, forget the hops now. I always forget the name of the hops and some hops on top of it. I have a can. <laughs> I have one can aging. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Do you love our aging cows? And several hops. so there it is so it was a a collab with wilderness this is called 820 yep uh tropical stout so corsini uh brett guys for the pineapple um aromas and then sabro very coconutty hops yeah and then some um coffee malts chocolate malts um so it tasted like a really nice uh like latte (laughs) <laughs> like that's gotta be yeah so that, interesting <laughs> we didn't use lactose we used oats instead yeah. like we we don't use lactose in any of our brews um so yeah i've got it. it sold out really quickly and it came out in the summer but was perfect for a summer stout 
Yeah, that's pretty perfect, actually, because I think when a lot of people think stouts, I know like I'm included in this, at least for the longest time I was included in this. When you think stouts, like you just think colder weather, rainier weather, like, you know, not necessarily in the sun in the summer. I mean, Joe will drink like a stout. Stout It doesn't matter. It could be like it could be like 14 she'd be like stouts and I'd be like it is way too hot for a heavy stout but that does sound like absolutely perfect for for the summer (laughs) it was lovely yeah and uh like uh, people ask me when I'm gonna make it again oh will you guys make it again to this podcast (laughs) everyone outcry (laughs) outcry go flood the socials go on Twitter talking about 820 yeah Mm. (laughs) amazing watch this space yeah no we'll we'll have a, a dog beer coming up that's that's good that's coming that's exciting another collab now that we have a new brewery we just really want to show it off and just do collabs with everyone <laughs> yeah that'd be cool i mean have you guys who who have you guys um like what are the last few collabs that you guys have done uh so our latest uh was with elusive yeah so uh, i saw that I, I i placed the order and then i was gutted because the next day um a mutual friend that we have sent me a photo and said I don't know if you've seen this and I was like I've just placed an order and I've missed it I was like I'm gonna have to place another order now (laughs) if if Andy doesn't get it um no don't worry well it's it's out and we're just gonna wait another week for it to condition a bit and um um, it'll be delicious then Mm -hmm. Uh, no we did um a golden bitter a 6.6 percent uh yeah and we did it with andy from elusive uh, so it was really lovely and it's it's good to do it with someone that's not exactly in london because elusive's in reading um so yeah it's good to kind of like go outside um i'd really like to do a collab with um one of my belgian friends uh soon that'd be amazing so we'll see we'll see how that goes that would be really cool, actually, if you get if you get someone to like fly over and do do like a collab that way. That would be really yeah, cool as well. We can go and like <laughs> we do it with my mates. We can just stay at my parents. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think climb with some Guinness. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Br- bribery. Bring the Guinness over. And be like, can we can we stay there? Here's some Guinness. <laughs> yeah, no. Two kegs of Guinness. Oh man. Um, I think Joe and I were we were talking about this before. We, we were both really curious about like what was it like for you growing up around Belgian beer? Like how you know what was the drinking culture like around there? You know, is it more is everyone drinking beer or you know just it would be good to hear that point of view. I think because not many of us would know. <laughs> um, it's is different than in England. Um, I think uh, the difference being it's a very social thing so i uh it, it's not a thing to like us belgians to be getting pissed on our own um we we like have alcohol at home to share so like in our like i know my family and in other families or whoever i visit there's always special beers in the fridge for when we have friends over um but generally like belgian beer and like stronger beers especially are made more to enjoy with friends so yeah we do occasionally like get really drunk on like trip roll but we also like don't really do that with that idea in mind it's more like it just happens 
<laughs> you're lightweight um but beers will get you <laughs> yeah it's it's more like we want to enjoy the beer uh, like we want to drink something that we like and um and enjoy it with our friends and we always have food with beers like so even like even if, like even like afternoon drinks or whatever you get like some little bits of cheese um or like some snacks um yeah. it, it's never on its own so like when i got here and like we were having like pints like the size of my face and i was like and i have to pay for the snacks as well <laughs> yeah. this is mental um, you're like when are the snacks coming out guys and they're like you've got to go order them and you're like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> excuse me you're like sir <laughs> yes sir where's my cheese um, there's literally like i remember going into like a bar in in bruges and getting a beer and there's plate of cheese comes out and I'm like are we paying for that I mean I will yeah. <laughs> like oh I don't have to pay for this cheese amazing yeah, I was gonna say conversely I remember it being like that and, and being like cheese as well it'd be like Abbey cheese from the local right world. amazing cheese you know like get the cheese that matches the beer that you're drinking like if you're having Mahatsu they have Mahatsu cheese yeah um but yeah it's more like a drinking is more like a social thing so yeah we, we get drunk but if we really go out in the idea of getting drunk we drink lager like mm. you're we don't we're not going to drink special beer um yeah, see that that's the difference isn't it you have you have, have special half? beer we have halves we don't have pints <laughs> yeah so um yeah i'd rather personally have a half and then more and i'll spend the same amount of money yeah um but uh, having a pint is like when you know when you're like in a social uh, situation where you you have a pint and you're just chatting with your mates and then you have half of it and then the, the next half is just warm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so I don't really, I don't really care about pints much. Um, and I've had people in England asking me for pints of like tritium that's our triple and I, that it happens really often that people are like can I have a pint of tritium or can I have a pint of sour I'm like no you're not having a pint of creek no, because no. it's gonna be warm before you finish it because it's like so full in flavor and so unusual and also it's it's full of wild bacteria that you're not used to and you don't want a pint of that honestly and those yeah. would be the same people that would then the second half of the pint go I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I liked it at first and, and now I don't like it anymore. Exactly. And it's like, cause you've had t- like too much in one go. You need like little bits of it. And I, I'm yeah. the same as you. I'm definitely like, I would rather have more, but have half pints because you're right. It's, you can get through a half and have it still be fresh versus when you have a full pint sometimes depending on what it is it can just and like you said when you're having conversations it can just be too much and then yeah I have been in those situations where you get to the bottom and you're like oh it's a bit it's a yeah, bit not great exactly. now and, <laughs> such um, an advocate for smaller measures absolutely yeah and with sours especially uh, especially Belgian sours um it works on your guts if you're not used to it yeah I don't recommend it <laughs> 
I need I to drink the whole of that seven fifty bottle of canteen all at once. <laughs> Do it at home. Yeah, yeah. share it with people. That's that is. I got the seven fifty ml bottle, and I was like, "This is a sharer because yeah. I'm not going to sit yeah. and drink seven fifty mils of this by myself." Yeah, not that was a sharer. Like, yeah. who has? 750 mil of tea on themselves. I mean, I like there are people I mean, that do. Yeah, but... check some of the beer forums on Facebook. Like there are people. I think some that. people do. And then complain. I, I just, I just don't. I don't. I, I like sharing it. For me, yeah, um, they're like, oh, I've got food poisoning. No, no, <laughs> you're like, no, no. For me, I like sharing because I find I've said I've said this before, like in conversation with Joe and probably on the podcast. I don't know. Um, I, I find that especially big bottles or even not big bottles, if there's something special. I would actually, even if it was 330 mil, I would rather share that with somebody else and have that shared experience where we've both enjoyed something really good than have one all by myself. Because I think it's all about sharing and sort of sharing that experience, having the conversation, talking about it, than than having it by yourself. Like I, I think it's definitely better to to share it with somebody else. Yeah, I think so. And like I'd I don't really go to the pub by myself either. I find it really awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, I'm the same. <laughs> like, I also be thinking, uh, this person I'm with isn't drinking anything special, so I'm not gonna go crazy. Yeah. Uh, but then sometimes, like, and I'm, I'm really like, I'm so lucky that my partner works in beer and is interested in beer. So we, and we like the same kind of beer. Except he likes to mingle in IPAs, but uh, I forgive him. <laughs> but, I'm not um, going to say anything, no comment. <laughs> we can, like, we can, yeah, we can share those beers together. And then I'll be, because now he's he's not in the industry anymore, but um, I'll be going on like sales trips and like do visits and like come across a really cool bottle of sour. And I'll be like, oh, guess what I've got for when I come home? <laughs> and uh, we've got a collection of beer. We both have a collection of beers uh, in our um, respective places. Uh, that we like keep for when like we we visit each other yeah and I, I think that's really nice um and uh we don't really he's then but then he's half european he's, he's half french so um i think he has that mindset as well that um alcohol is is more like a social thing and it's not just to be drunk it's it's like also to be shared and um i, I really like appreciate that and um that it makes it really interesting because then we can come home and just talk about like the crazy beers that we found yeah yeah no totally you, so you said something that made me think of another question have you ever heard of a trip trap before mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe, do you want to explain what a trip trap is because well, i'm absolutely in love she loves a trip trap um so we did we did a beer blending episode and it's half best male double and half triple and I can't, can I remember which way around it is was it draft double and bottled triple on top I don't, can't I remember. don't even remember which uh, they, way around it was they sell it at the Abbey apparently and it is it's lovely it tastes like caramel you said triple and I was just like my brain immediately went to like <laughs> trip trap, oh, okay. trip trap. <laughs> it That's was amazing I genuinely was like I want to go travel to West Mall to go and have this trip trap because uh, we just yeah, did it with have, two bottles <laughs> i have never been to uh west Mala abbey i yeah. can't remember i lived nearby oh yeah um because i lived in um 
in Mechelen. So Mechelen is like Duvo, uh, Carolus. Um, well, I've not been to the West. I haven't been to many actual abbeys. I've been to Maritsu and Chimay. Uh, Chimay. Uh, I don't recommend going to Chimay. Oh. <laughs> There's nothing there. Oh. Uh, no, I've not been to <laughs> I'm looking at the map. Um, I I drove past okay. that. I drove past, um, and it's a gorgeous site. Um, I remember driving past and being like, "What is this? This yeah. is amazing!" And then looking on Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> it, honestly, when we were doing the beer blender and we found out about that trip trap situation i was like oh i don't know how this is going to work out and like i said one of them is meant to be on draft and we just did it like two bottles and i was like i have no hope for this and then i took a sip and i was like this is glorious and we are going to have to go and visit because this is amazing (laughs) and i think more people should be doing trip traps because they are going next time it's excellent uh, it's a 90 minute drive from my parents but i'm willing to do it (laughs) i think you'll have no i i've got a feeling deep inside that you're you you won't have regrets you definitely have to do it (laughs) i've never been but i can just tell it's gonna be a really great place to go and you'll have to have a trip trap and tell us how good Uh, it'll be yeah so it'll be um my boyfriend's first time in Belgium, so I might as well give him the full experience. There we go. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> definitely. That's that's like a really good way to justify it as well. <laughs> like we've got to go. Sorry, it's your first time. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna listen to that podcast and message me and be like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> <laughs> I think what's really cool though is, um, like with Solve, I don't see many. I don't see many uk based breweries that are consistently churning out belgian beers so i mean out of curiosity like is there anybody else in the market that you would see as a competitor or do you think that you guys are kind of just unique in what you're doing and you obviously you do what you do well um but who would you view as a competitor is it all um i don't really see i don't i don't really uh see any competitors i don't think about if there was any i wouldn't really think about them that way i, I i'm not I'm, I'm not out there to look for competitors uh just in general because we're such a small brewery and i just think whoever's out there whatever they do it's better if we're friends and we work together uh I, there are there are a few amazing breweries that uh, bring out amazing belgian styles like burning sky duration um on the top of my head. Um, I know Exhale yeah. did a few uh, like Belgian inspired days that were really lovely or they do like a, a lot of like wine hybrids. Um, so yeah, uh, there are um, some breweries that have kind of our vibe like Bohem. They are, they are from Czech Republic and they'll, uh, they brew Czech beer in London. So it's kind of like us, um, a German craft brew gym and beer in London um but I think like the fact that we exclusively do Belgian beer makes us niche enough to not have to worry about competitors and to be like we're different enough and everyone else is different enough from us and from each other and that gives us more more room to work together instead of 
constantly think of what the other one is doing. Um, so yeah, but there, yeah, there's there's many many breweries that brew amazing Belgian styles, and um, I, I, I like to try them all. I I did like I had a not a brew London where I did every store. I was like, this sounds Belgian. I want to try it, <laughs> and I will give you criticism because I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that but I came across like um I think my favorite was SDF like simple oh. things fermentation from uh Glasgow those were so good and uh they had a, a cherry saison that was a blend of a, a saison that was too hardcore and a wee bit and it oh my god it was so lovely I I was like have you got kegs of it I'll order them now he didn't uh, which was a shame um but like i tried all of the range and and i had did they give me some bottles and we swapped and it was nice. like they were amazing and then um then there were some other breweries that were like i was like what is this <laughs> i was gonna like, say because you must be you extra go? like critical how dare you call this a creek <laughs> I, can, I can imagine that you've got to be like extra critical when you go and you like have a especially if you've been drinking as well and you'll just be like I know this is not mm-mm. this like might I'm be good but it's not you know I'm in business right so like in terms of I, I, I know you said at the beginning you sort of you moved um the brewery to be closer to the tap room were were there any sort of challenges around like what were the biggest challenges you had around trying to do that like logistically did you have to sort of re-promote where the new location was or or were people you know was it pretty obvious to people what was going on um well the biggest challenge was the physical actual thing um the the thing that was uh the the most difficult for us let's say is uh so we view i remember viewing the arch in november and um and then making an offer and in december we were told okay we've got we've got the arch um and then in january we started the crowdfunding um so the crowdfunding took care of all the promotion that we needed to do um and obviously, like being open for takeaways uh, throughout lockdown, um, we could tell the people that we were busy moving breweries. Um, but the thing that was the most difficult was getting the keys, because uh, the company that rents the arch um, are quite slow, and they're known for this. And uh, we got arch in December and got the keys. So yeah, um, it's like for for we built during lockdown right uh we could have the whole lockdown moving and building the new brewery uh we we didn't we didn't have a chance we sat with like like tanks and starving takeaways so it was great in a way because i would like people would be like was dismissed and i was like oh it's it's a new brewery but we're waiting to get the keys for the arch next door and it was getting people interested um but uh in uh end of uh I think early April, uh, Roman um, was offered uh, like a civilian job, which he took. And um, and then we got the keys after that. So oh. it, it was very stressful for him, uh, obviously, because he wasn't there to, to help us move. Um, 
but then yeah it, all we were waiting for were the keys because everything else we were like okay we'll just pack the tanks and like bring everything to the stone and put it all together but um obviously like we were on a limbo and having given our notice in Elford and then not getting the keys in the other place meant that our all our brewing was delayed yeah uh and we got the new beers the first beer that we brewed in Leightonstone was Brother Mark which is a, a Pattis beer so like dry hot Pattis beer and that were that came in mid-May like end of May um so yeah we were open for a while without having any new beers or any beer at all because we were being very careful not to brew too much in kegs uh and like relying on guest beers like at some point i had one sauvé beer and uh like four guests well wow. um so that was that was quite challenging in a way that like the the like different timings didn't work with each other um but otherwise it went as smoothly as possible and we were lucky to get a lot of promotion from the the crowdfunding so it could have been worse but it was still quite stressful yeah imagine frustrating as well like yeah. when you're down to having only one of your beers on and people are coming in and they're like oh i was you know wanted to try you know your beer and then you've got to do the whole like we're in the middle of a move and you've got to go through probably you've probably had to tell people so many times like it's because we're moving and <laughs> there's logistics and it just must be frustrating from your your standpoint of having to explain yeah, it yeah and-, and it was like at some point I was like I'm I'm gonna need to reopen the tap room and this mess is still in there like yeah. I can't do it I can't possibly mm. reopen it's not safe like yeah. I had to like climb up on top of things and pipes and stuff uh, people couldn't really get to the fridge. Um, it, like it was okay because, like at first in April, we reopened with like outside seating only. Uh, so I had the mess like inside the tap room as an excuse to like not let people sit inside. Um, nice. But um, and moving the actual actual brewery, yeah, without Roman being there, that meant like losing. Um, like of course he 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 was helping like he's great support where he is but um like it was like having to do it move roman stuff without him um even with his instructions was quite stressful because i was like i don't know what anything is yeah um i'm happy to help but um yeah it was uh yeah very uh like i was such a nervous wreck the whole time I can imagine because it's not even your yeah. stuff. So if something happens, it's like it's not. It, yeah. it's yours as far as you work there, but yeah. it's not yours. Making it would sure. be like if someone said to you, "I'm moving house. Can you come? Uh, you know, I'm not going to be there. Could you just move some boxes for me?" And even if they tell you what to do, it's still a fact of it's somebody else's stuff. They're not there. It's got to be yeah. extra stressful. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the end, we managed, and uh, that's good. And I'm so glad it's like that. Uh, like our team works really well together uh despite the situation uh that we were in and um at least now we've got our brewery built and then we had like issues with uh getting parts uh built and sent um i remember some parts were were not built properly and then like it wasn't coming and 
if we didn't have this one part, we couldn't be brewing. And um, so uh, we got we got a big delay uh, thanks to the landlord. Oh no! <laughs> but I think it's I think it's quite good for people to hear kind of what you guys have have gone through to get to where you are in in the situation you're in now as well because I think it it can even bring a wider appreciation because the logistics behind moving a brewery for example are are not something that people think about so it's it's insane I moved offices when I was HR consultant yeah I, I moved the whole office from one side of Brussels to the other and even that wasn't as bad even that wasn't as stressful um and I had a whole team behind me uh, but I, I had a lot of like really like grumpy employees that didn't <laughs> want to go anywhere. Uh, but moving brewery, uh, like yeah, would not recommend. Most um, <laughs> <No> stars. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and like most, I don't think people realize how small a team we are. So Does how how happen? many people are you then? Three of us. Oh wow. wow. <laughs> And uh, extra taproom staff. So yeah. there's, there's Roman, our founder, and uh, he's the, the director. Uh, Mark's our uh, head brewer. And um, yeah, sales and taproom manager. Uh, we do have uh, casual taproom staff uh, that works with me in the taproom. So otherwise I'll be working at the taproom alone. Yeah. Uh, but it's gotten so busy that I can't do it anymore. Um. So yeah, we are a very small team, and then people call me and they're like, "Oh, I talked to this girl Polly," and it's like, "Yeah, it's me." It's me. <laughs> oh, and they're like, "Do you look after this and that?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I pretty much do like everything." Yeah, all that. <laughs> are they shocked when they phone up and they're like, "I'm looking for Polly," and you're like, "Yeah, that's me." Are they like, yeah, "I didn't expect to, to get through to you." <laughs> they come to the tap room and they're like, "Us," and on the phone they're like, "Oh, can I get your name so when I go to the tap room I can just let them know?" And it's like. I'm the same person. It'll be me. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll see you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'll remember, don't worry. But um, yeah, it's it's so funny. People come in and or people moan that like uh, emails aren't answered within 10 minutes. And it's like, look, like you ask me about, you ask me if I have wine in the tap room. Well, I have a menu online that you can check. Like that's the least of my priority right now. Right, right. <laughs> I, I think that's so crazy because I think I, you know, I work as a project manager in IT, and I think if someone sent me an email about a project that was something was going on and I didn't respond in ten minutes, I would be like, of course I'm not going to respond in ten minutes. I'm getting a whole bunch of emails. Like, do they think that you're not getting a whole bunch? Like, you you must get even more because you're going to get all these inquiries and everything else like that coming. You've got to manage sort of this wider scale of emails and orders and taproom stuff. Like, of course you're not going to answer in ten minutes. It's not realistic for a human being to do that. I try, and then people are like, "Why aren't you picking up the phone?" And phone when I'm not in office hours. Yeah, I I think um, you do. You do. a solid job like yeah. you hold it down so that all of us can go in and, and enjoy beers <laughs> drink amazing beer as well I finished mine like this was really <laughs> really nice yeah. um no, I'm glad you like them it's really session I really I've I've got these other two if people are watching the video they'll be able yeah, to see I'm not going to try to I'm not going to try to pronounce that but there's that and there's and there's error yeah, really excited for those um yeah. so that one's the sour and it was an open fermentation. Oh, um, nice. So we actually created the yeast. So it's called Bia de Hainault because we brewed it in Elford in uh, Hainault. 
and um, the, we let the wort hang out in, in the open uh, for the night. So the yeast was created with the bacteria in the air in Hainault. Nice. Um, but that style is said to come from the province in Belgium, without so same word without the L. Um, so we like did a little pun on it. Nice. Uh, it's also where I'm from. Ah. So, um, it's your beer. It's my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all just sound so interesting. Like you know, ba- a barrel age saison, like a saison in general, great. Barrel age it as well, and I'm like, yes, into this. <laughs> but then, yeah, gold, gold and sour ale just sounded great, and and I think even like the the wit beer and the session IPA mixed together is just brilliant. And and for three point seven percent, it ta- it tastes fuller body than that, which is really great because I you know I wasn't sure what to expect from like sort of the lower range of maybe obviously it's sessionable, but you know I find a lot of times some session beers can really lack a fuller flavor or body and this definitely didn't it was just really really nice um which i mean i was thinking on it i've never really seen a whip mixed with any type of ipa is this something like you know did you guys see this before or was there something that inspired you to make this or um i'm not sure um how so we're man- i think the the idea behind superposition is that we wanted something light and sessionable that's not a typical pale or ipa um and also uh like with the idea of brewing modern belgian beer uh we thought why not brew a weed beer which is like like a very uh classic belgian style um but a weed beer in belgium is going to be like five or six percent and then we were like okay well let's let's do a session one um so like roman tends to um to kind of lower the ABV of, of whatever style he's brewing, okay. which um, it, I I really appreciate because like it says Belgian on the can and I don't want people to be overwhelmed by like, oh, it's Belgian, it, t- it tastes like banana, it tastes like, <laughs> it tastes a lot and then it's, it's high in ABV. Like we don't want people to feel like they have to like limit what they're drinking and we want people to enjoy Belgian beer uh a reasonable abv um and then superposition came up with so traditionally the the weed beer in belgium um doesn't have hops like we didn't have hops in belgium like for a very long time and we just breed with whatever um like grains we had uh so that's how we came up with a weed beer because like there's a lot of wheat in the region of uh hugarden and leuven um and uh we so when we came up with it, we were like, well, hey, let's do it modern and let's add some hops. And so we added Centennial onto it. Onto it. Uh, so it's effectively a weed beer, but it's dry hopped. So it's in between the weed beer and the IPA because it's got like this little bitter kick, uh, citrusy bitter kick from Centennial hops. Um, yes, it's gorgeous. Like you can you can still taste that it's a wheat beer though, which I really yeah. like wheat beers. So you could still tell that it's a wheat beer um but yeah you're right there was that sort of bitterness to it as well and it was just really lovely really well balanced and it just it felt really full for 3.7 percent beer but it's interesting you mentioned about lowering the abv because i hadn't necessarily thought about it but barrel age saison i mean that's 5.6 percent which makes it so much more 
I don't want to say palatable because I, it's not that accessible. I can't do higher. Yes, accessible is the right word. Because it means I can have this on a night and it's not like once I have this barrel-aged beer, that's it. It's all going out the window, if that makes sense. Yeah, we don't want that either. Because then again, how many Belgian, how many barrel-aged beers are you going to try in your life if they're all yeah. 10%? Right. You get tired of them really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, having a 5.6 or 6% barrel aged beer, it it just goes to show that we can brew something interesting without it being a crazy ABV that's going to make everybody overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, I think people get, I think there's some people that almost get too wrapped up with what is the ABV. They, they care, le- they almost care less about what is the flavor of that beer and the quality of that beer. And it's just like, what's the highest ABV that I can get? And, and if I can drink the highest ABV, I, I don't know what they think that that means. But, you know, I've, I've had things that are quite high ABV that I've not really necessarily enjoyed because it's just straight alcohol burn. And actually, there's been some lower ABV ones. I'm like, actually, this is really not bad at all. So I think it's, definitely more to do about putting the time and love and quality into the brewing itself and I'm quite interested to try because I don't think I've ever had a, a barrel aged beer that's been you know in the five percent five six percent range so I'm quite excited to have this yeah and that one's really nice I've uh, I've offered it to people who don't necessarily drink beer and are more after cider okay. and I would I would just say look I don't have cider but uh, do you want to try this because it's quite dry and like quite cidery and people would just like it um, so it's, re- it's really different because it's uh, oak barrel aged it, it's really sucked up that smokiness and, and woodiness from the from the oak nice. um, I can see it's Nelson as well as well as yeah, Nelson and Chinook you so I could definitely see could definitely citrus. see that as well yeah citrus and lemon and stuff grapefruit it's gonna be this is gonna be so good i can't wait to try it if i'm honest <laughs> it is a really nice beer i haven't got much left of it actually i've got like i don't know six cases or something Ooh. so basically if someone's listening to this and thinks that sounds really interesting as well so you're gonna want to get out and go back because if i try it and it's really good and then you release that elusive collaboration beer and i'm back on the website i might just end up buying the rest of them <laughs> just let me know i'll send you some samples I was just like, I cannot wait for this elusive one. I was like, I don't think I've ever had like a, a golden bitter before. And I was like, I, I, I need to try that. Like, I just need to, I just need to try it. Let's go. Make sure, I'll make sure to send you some when it's ready. I'll definitely order some. <laughs> don't worry. But, uh, but yeah, I'm keeping eyes out for that one because I'm really yeah. excited about that one. How how big actually is the taproom? Like how many, how many people does it see? Uh, COVID numbers out the window, just normally how much would it see? Uh, my hundred percent capacity in the tap room is is thirty five. Okay. Oh wow. So when I had to have that inside, yeah, I had left me with two tables of six. Oof. Um, and me and the staff. Um, luckily, like we're in a private alleyway, so we uh, like the council was really nice and gave us a license to put seating outside really quickly. Oh, good. And one arch being empty, well, now being the brewery. We can kind of stretch the tables over there, but um, the neighbors uh, next door to us on the other side uh, are really, really lovely. And they don't mind me putting tables in front of <laughs> their shop because usually they don't work on the weekends. Okay. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it was lucky that we reopened in July last year 
because then we had the seating outside. Yeah. Um, and in April, well, like last April, I was a bit worried because I was thinking, if the weather is not nice, people aren't going to come all the way here. I've got the marquee, but I haven't got like heating. Yeah. Uh, I've only got one table under the marquee. I can't fit anymore. Uh, so April until like the weather got nicer was a bit of a struggle because I couldn't sit anyone inside and I didn't like if it was raining obviously like people would just leave um and we had this uh this limbo uh lockdown where people had to like order food yeah and I followed the pizza rule <laughs> <laughs> because we we work with yard sale pizza and uh we had to I had to pre-order the pizza for the people and be like, okay, you're coming at eight. I'll order you a pizza for eight and then I'll yeah. charge you for it. And I had to pay with the company card and then charge people. Wow. It was all a hassle. Yeah. But um, yeah, that for that, I could only fit one table of six inside. Oh, that's uh, got to be so, that has to be so difficult because <laughs> it almost makes it what is more financially feasible to shut up completely to shut shop completely or to open for such a small quantity that's got to be a really difficult decision to make because as much as you want to stay open there has to be some level where you go we want to stay open for the people we want to be you know working but also how financially viable is it to only be able to fit one table of six that's got to be really yeah difficult. well we have to reduce our opening hours obviously we used to be mm. open on Thursdays before before the pandemic um and uh we stopped doing that and now especially that i'm doing sales and tap room i can't be doing sales and work at the tap room i have i have three days of sales in the week and then um so i have tuesday wednesday thursday for sales and then monday eventually if i get an order and then i have friday saturday in the tap room and on a sunday someone else covers me at the tap room but um yeah, we did have to read training. I can't sit anyone inside. What's the point? Yeah. I would yeah. I would still come in and do takeaways, but yeah, like all of us in the team are like, we're just trying. We're yeah. we're open because we want to be present, yeah. but at the same time, it's costing the company a lot. Um just just to show our faces yeah um that was uh that was quite frustrating yeah and yeah. we'd be like we just want to go home it's cold we want to go and we had to, to keep the doors open um so yeah it was uh we had to be very creative and very patient um but then our, our team is is pretty good at that and Doug running a business in lockdown made us like a lot more resilient than, than we were, than we already were. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a plus point I'd say, but I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. That's, that's definitely, no that's definitely lockdown, a one like, star. <laughs> no more lockdowns. No, no, but I think that's all the more reason why people should go out and support whenever they can now. Like if, if they're, if they're passing by your way or in the area or know they're planning to come to London at some point, it's, it's all the more reason why they should go out and support because like, obviously you guys have worked so hard to to continue to you know like fight that fight to stay open to be there with everything that was thrown your way and I think like I know I definitely 
I wanted to go visit you guys before. <laughs> I'm not very far away. I'm literally over by Elusive. I'm I'm not massively far outside of London and I wanted to visit before. Um, but pre-pandemic, I think everyone thought there's, you know, there's more time, there's more time. And then, yeah, you, no. yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's never enough time. So now I'm like, definitely going to do it now. Um, do you guys do like brewery tours or anything like that? Yeah, or is yeah. it? Well, if you decide if you decide to come over, just let me know, and we'll I'll do I'll give you a brewery tour and I'll do a tasting. Nice. Um, I'm actually going to start uh, brewery tours. Um, I don't really have the time for it because I'd have to leave the tap room and like yeah, be in another arch. But I'm going to start offering um, like Belgian beer tasting. Nice, uh, Joe. We're going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're and, in. Um, and this because I, I did a lot of tasting sessions at. Um, like this, this other place I worked at. Um, I don't like to say their name. But anyway, um, <laughs> I would do a lot of tastings. And um, so what I'm going to offer in the tap room now is uh, just a Belgian beer course. Where I'm nice. just going to talk about each uh, Belgian beer style, like how beer is made, who we are, each Belgian beer style, and give them the Solvay beer and tell them why we breed it this way. And uh, I'm going to have my first on Saturday actually. So I have oh, two yay. people come in. Um because uh, I did a, a, a session in the beer shop in Nunhead and it went so well and I thought I could do this in the tap room. Right. Amazing. And um so I've got cheese today. Um, yes, cheese. I cheese. <laughs> I went to Borough Market to get some cheese uh from drunk cheese. Ooh, um, so our friend Max, who, who, who ages cheese and booze, and sells nice. it in Royal Market. Oh God, amazing! They're am- and they know so much, and they were so helpful because I only know so much about beer and cheese pairing. But um, so yeah, I'm going to offer a Belgian beer class with some cheese, and just go through every style and then the history of each style and and why Sylvie brewed it that way and everything uh so that yeah that's something i'm going to start doing in the tap room soon that is brilliant i think yeah. if anyone's interested in that they should definitely be looking into that because if you yeah, want interesting beer <laughs> interesting <laughs> beer cheese drunken cheese like what, what else want? could you want <laughs> yeah i know joe and i will definitely come yeah. visit <laughs> <laughs> right i think that's that's a joe unless you've got any other questions i feel like that's such a good place to leave it because yeah. i really want people to be like I want to go and book yeah, that. that. Okay, <laughs> last question. If you're yeah. not drinking Solvay Society beer, what beer are you drinking? If I'm not drinking Solvay, what am I yeah. drinking? Yeah. Um, ah, that's a tough question. So in, um, if there is anything Belgian and interesting and not too expensive, then I'll drink that. But I tend not to drink Belgian beer over here because it's like, I've just got that <laughs> from my wallet. Um, yeah. I like, a, I like sours a lot uh so if there's a sour or a goes or berlin advice yes. or any kind of weed beer or saison i'll have that um That's like my nice. language <laughs> yeah um i i get a lot of i don't i mean i don't really like ips or anything i don't naturally go towards them um but yeah surely a sour a goes a lot i do love a goes like honestly um and then if there's an interesting stout that's not just a stout that's got something else to it i will try that too um 
otherwise I do like wine when I'm when I'm not working. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you say say in the Berlin Vice, I, I had Liquid Lights watermelon Berlin Vice. It was nice. I had it on tap when I was in Nottingham this past weekend and it was so nice. <laughs> I was like, watermelon in a Berliner. I was like, what? Yeah. It was so nice. Oh, I'd keep an eye out for that one. Definitely uh, recommend. <laughs> yeah, liquid light are really good. Yeah, no, I had a few really nice uh, Berliner vice in, uh, in at Brew London, but I can't remember where and, and who because <laughs> that's the problem with going to beer festivals is like you, you like you'll have one you're like, that's amazing and then like every like once you've had so many ones you just forget which ones and who had it and it's just yeah, yeah. it's the beauty but also the pain of, of yeah. beer festivals i think if i didn't drink so much in such a short time I would yes remember. yeah that's the problem it's really compacted but that's yeah but that's also what you're supposed to do at beer festivals so so you've made yeah. no mistakes there <laughs> Um, before we go, is there anything you want to promote for yourself, Solvay? Where can people, you know, find the brewery? If you want to say where people can find you, feel free to shout anything out now. Um, I think we're good. I'd say just just to be sure. Uh, so Solvay Society. So our website is uh, solvaysociety.com. Um, we're in Leytonstone, just off Grove Green Road. So like a 10 minute walk from Leytonstone Station um open from wednesday to sunday and then uh yeah for any inquiries like anyone interested in tasting sessions or uh like anybody wants wanting to order beer or whatever like uh just just yeah email me so my email is polly at solvaysociety.com uh it's really easy and uh we're just really excited to see everybody at the top room yeah, we'll definitely be there. Thank you so much for joining us. We so really much. appreciate you. it. You're welcome. Yay. Belgian beer and cheese. Here we go. Ah, oh, that was really lovely chatting with Polly. She's yeah. brilliant. I'm she excited really, for Belgian really beer and cheese. I, I really want to go visit them, especially yes. like there's such a charm to a small tap room. So saying like you can fit 35 people in a tap room, I feel like there's such charm to that that I'm I'm really quite excited to go to yeah. go visit them and drink Belgian beer because I feel like if I'm going to go have Belgian beer anywhere in the UK, it's probably going to be them. And yeah. they've got so many things that sound interesting. And yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited about that. And we yeah. were truly women talking about beer because yes. it's quite yeah. nice to. I feel like a lot of times you don't often women are so few and far between sometimes in the industry they're so lovely to be able to have a conversation with another yeah. one we love all that we love everyone I love, yeah but... I love talking to our gentlemen and and everyone but it is lovely when we get to speak to women it's extra it's even that much yeah. more special when we say yeah. women talking about beer and yeah. we have another female identifying person on yes so and she's a powerhouse like she's absolute powerhouse absolutely amazing. um so yeah I, I think we we intended to have her on early days and we just didn't get a chance to because of a uh, situation. So I'm really happy that we actually got a chance to get her on. And she's been lovely to talk to. And we really appreciate it. And I just want to say, for the record, I was not trying to shut Joe out. She is <laughs> not well today. <laughs> so before people at me and say, can you let Joe get a word in edgewise? Genuinely, I was I was trying to make sure she didn't suffer. <laughs> no, I'm losing my voice today. She's so a trooper for recording when she's not today. well. <laughs> yeah my allergies are not not happy um so before I completely lose my voice Tori where can they find you if they want to talk to you about I don't know 
Belgian beer and cheese. Yeah, oh, I love cheese. <laughs> I love Belgian cheese. beer. If you want to talk to me about trip traps, because I can talk oh, yeah. about trip traps all day. Shout out to Solvay though, because this could be something you do. Yeah, at the bar, trip traps. <laughs> um, get on that. Uh, yeah, people can find me on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism. Come chat to me about that, and I will be more than happy to oblige. Where can people find you, Joe? Um, if you want to come and talk to me about Belgian beer and cheese, because I love cheese, um, I am a woman's brew on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I tend to hang out on Instagram. Or you can find my beer school, which is Love Beer Learning. We talk about different beer styles, including Belgian beers. That is Love Beer Learning on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and Pinterest. I tend to hang out on on the Instagram, so come and find me there. We also have a website, which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk. Or you can email us lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. We will pick up emails (laughs) for the podcast there. We will indeed. Now feel better, Joanne. Go rest up. I'm going to go drive to Wales. (laughs) And until next time. Cheers. Cheers.